All right, guys, today on the Northeast Podcast, we talk about the new Halo show, Euphoria and Peacemaker taken over at HBO Max. The Book of Boba Fett might finally be doing something that we hoped, and Star Trek rewatching full swing, heading into darkness. Here we go. Kind of terrible, but whatever. And here we go, Nordy's Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How's it going, guys? Huh, pretty good, man. I'm all right. How are you? You know, I'm great. Um, I'm a little sad that everyone missed the greatest podcast we have ever done last week. Um, right. We have never done a better podcast. Most interesting, hilarious. Um, how did we get Barack Obama to come on? It was and crazy. And then, and then we cut him off after like seven minutes because he was being kind of boring. Boring. Like, I was like, dude, we don't want to hear about policy, okay? Um, <laughs> right. yeah. Or your book list. We get it. You read. We don't want to go through every book. We just wanted to talk about crappy television with him, and he wasn't here for that. So, no. um, But yeah, you guys missed out because uh, it did record just not right, and we weren't able to release the episode. So we are sorry about that. But we will cover some of the stuff from last week on this week's episode. So, so is this, this, this going to be this is not going to be the Yeah, this is not going to be the greatest podcast of all time. This is a tribute to the greatest podcast of all time, which was last week. So that's okay. Here we are. Okay. We will play you the best podcast in the world. Okay. Tribute. So before we do that, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordy's Podcast. Also subscribe anywhere that you guys get your favorite podcasts from. And get the Nordy's Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. We appreciate it. What a deal. All right. Um, Should we thank everybody for donating and the, the badass rumble we did? Yeah, we did. I, I uh, collected money for the charity Rumble, and um, we're going to give it to the Minneapolis Foundation, which I did a lot of research on charities and what charities are um, like reliable and who you know gives the most money that they receive to the right things. And the Minneapolis Foundation gives to um, civic, social, and economic needs of people in Minneapolis and the surrounding areas. And it's like open around for over a hundred years. It's like one of the largest charities in Minnesota, if not the biggest, they have like a billion dollars that they dish out to people in need and to help build things and to help build companies and to work with, you know, minority groups and to work with young people and old people and everyone. So I thought it was something that was uh, not controversial that would help the people in our own community. And so thank you for everyone who did that. And I will tell you, I really thought it was going to be fun to watch the Royal Rumble. But it was really long. Like, I just can't even believe how long it was. Like, I thought it was, like, going to take two hours, and it took, like, five. No way. <laughs> and it's I like wasn't the, really... like The first person to the last? No, like, the whole event. And, like, yeah. I think, like, the, each the whole, of the Royal you mean, Rumble... You mean, like, the whole pay-per-view from start to yeah. finish? Yeah, yeah, I, okay. Because I didn't know when the matches were, so I was like, well, I, you know, I'm just going to have to, like, have it on. But it just went... It was, like, five hours long. Each of the matches were, like, an hour. It was it was too long, so I, I stuck it out for everyone. Um, but uh, Dane and Brad won um, for the different rumbles. I guess the only thing you have to do to win a rumble is be a former UFC star, as Ronda Rousey and Brock Lesnar were your winners. So that's enough of our one day year of wrestling for you guys. But thank you for everyone who participated. So guys, what are you drinking tonight? All right, I am in uh, our. I'll say our friends in Wisconsin. We talk a lot of shit about their sports. And their politics and, okay, almost everything about them. But we do have friends there. And uh, this is New Glarus. 
I'm drinking their Spotted Cow. Uh, a friend of mine came and stayed with us this weekend and brought a whole case. So thanks to her. And yeah, and I'm still enjoying it. I just really love this ale. It's just like the most easy to drink, delicious. It's like Summit without the extra bitterness. And I just really enjoy the beer. So that's what hot, I'm having. Hot take. Spotted Cow is the ACDC of beers. Then take me to Highway to Hell, baby, because I'm massively, it. massively overrated. No, I'm Let's just go. Um, I am in Minneapolis, downtown Minneapolis, friends of the pod, Fulton. I'm having their Moon Howler Hazy IPA. It's good and reasonably priced. Okay. It's a very drink, very drinkable beer. Good. I want to try right, it. Guys. It's cheap. I'm right in Northeast Minneapolis with our good friends over at Fair State. This is Scaffold, S-K-A-F-L, a hazy IPA. The price was right on this thing. It says, uh, hazy IPA hopped with hand-selected Sultana, Strata, and Columbus Cryo. Notes of overripe tropical fruit with the right amount of dankness. Let's go. It's really good. Beautiful. That's like the Eric description to end all descriptions there for a beer. It was good stuff. All right. uh, Let's move on to Do We Care? And we're going to start with um, something I know Jim cares about. And actually, I think we all really care about this. Mary Mm. Elizabeth Winstead is going to be in Disney Plus's next Star Wars series, Ahsoka. Uh, we saw Ahsoka briefly in The Mandalorian, um, played by uh, other Rosario? friends of the pod, Rosario Dawson. And, I mean, she liked our pod stuff. Exactly. So we have need to support this show, even if it's bad. This might be one where, like, love it. But I will say, for any Star Wars nerd, which I've become recently, most of my life Star Wars hater, now Star Wars nerd, I love Ahsoka. I think she's one of the two best characters in all of Star Wars history. I can't wait for the show. I think it's the show I'm the most excited about. And this is just another big star coming into the cast. Um, you guys definitely care about this? For sure. Absolutely. I also care yeah. about your comment that you said you were a Star Wars nerd. Are you like extremely toxic and defensive about everything that happens in the Star Wars universe where you'll like call your friends out and be mean to them? Because then you're not really a nerd if you don't do that. Yeah. Um, no, but I do. I, I have watched many of the cartoons now, and I think that's about as nerdy as you can. Yeah, okay, fair enough. That is that is nerdy. Um, the real sign of a nerdy of nerdiness is when they change something, you get angry. But when they sort of remake stuff and then like retread from the past, you get even more angry. So See, you get, also you demand more Star Wars content. Yes, so there's content, no winning. But if it's not perfect, like how you would have written it yourself. Right. Um, here's what no, I will because say. if it's how you would have written it yourself, then there's no surprises. There was, it was just, uh, it was exactly what we all could have imagined. There was no surprises <laughs> at all. Come on, man. Don't you I know? have the ability to like suspend disbelief. Like I have the ability to like use my imagination to like fight through plot holes when needed. So like mm-hmm. when they cast Michael B. Jordan as the new Black Panther, I'm just going to be able to be like, oh, yeah, he just died uh, off screen and it's totally fine. And Michael B. Jordan, they brought him back using the magical fruit. And now he's the Black Panther. I'm going to be fine with that. I would be fine if they just came on before the movie and they were like, hey, everyone, we're just going to pretend nothing happened to Black Panther. Yeah, Yeah, we love Chadwick. Great, you know, contribution. What a person, you know, he would have wanted us to recast. So just pretend like we didn't miss a beat. And I would be like. You got it, guys. So yeah. And they'd be like, We spent like six months in the boardrooms with like thirty of us and we had yeah. nothing better. 
This was and so adoption. now just John Boyega is going to be uh, T'Challa, and let's keep moving. Let's, let's roll on. forward. Yep. On we go. Onward and upward. Yes. I wouldn't hate that at all. Bad. He's going to be very underutilized in the franchise. <laughs> yeah. He gets sidelined in his own movie. Yeah. So much Full promise. Circle. And then he's off. Start to talking shit about the direct the director. It's gonna be great. All right. All right, um, John. Anyways, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, um, a, a personal crush of mine. Enjoy her work. I'm excited to see her in this. And it just it means they're collecting good actors and actresses, maybe a little bit higher tier than what you've seen join the Star Wars Boba Fett. Uh, don't really can't really name any of those actors except for Stephen Root, and then they just underused him. Like he was in one scene one time. So, anyways, um, yeah, man. That's good. Good news. I care. All right. Um, next up, sticking with um, it's not really that I went off off subject. We're gonna okay. go with James Gunn here, and he's confirming that Guardians Three is coming, and it will be the final Guardians movie. I think that's the proper life cycle for the Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. A trilogy is perfect. Do you think that they will kill off uh, Chris Pratt's character, and he will exit? I think his popularity has fallen a bit. Um, I still enjoy him in these movies a lot. Like he's really funny and can deliver a, a perfectly timed comedic line, but is he as likable as he once was? I don't know. I think that the guardians of the galaxy, I think none of them will die. And I think that they will be like, um, surprise comic relief that will randomly show up over the next decade in Marvel movies or will come save the day or will yeah. someone will go somewhere and there the Guardians will be and they'll pop up like every two years and they'll be in the big movies and they'll yeah. still be part of the whole thing collecting paychecks but they won't get their own movie. Well, and I, I also think like, right. it would be pretty short-sighted um, maybe to kill off the most charismatic of the Guardians. I mean, you could make the argument for Dave Bautista but my point being... Um, you know, as Chris Pratt's star has, you know, waned significantly at this point, you never know when it's going to get bright again. And they're going to be like, we're going to do a Star Lord spinoff. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so I don't think they want to just like eliminate that possibility, you know, if there's a chance for it. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. that'd be cool. Uh, I, I'm happy with the trilogy. I'm fine with it ending. Doesn't need to go any further than that. Otherwise, it's just you're just at Fast and the Furious at that point. You know what I mean? Or just continuing to remake stuff. I mean, just setting it up perfectly. We're going to go into uh, Fast and Furious. I was going to make a James Gunn to James Gunn jump, but I guess I'm going to go to the Fast and the Furious um, because Jason Momoa is going to join Fast 10. Okay. Um, If you would have given me a list of people, if you would have given me, actually, you would have just said a new male star is going to be joined. No, I'm sorry. If you would have just said a new actor (laughs) is going to be joining Fast and the Furious. Pick them, and you have Toby five guys before you die. I would have been like a guy from Vikings, and they'd have been like already been in it, and I would have been yeah. like um, <laughs> a guy from uh, Sons of Anarchy, and they pro- he's probably been in it too. And then I'd be like, okay, um, Jason Momoa. I think he'd be my third pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'd be like, ding, 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 ding. Yeah. I figured it'd be John Cena. I mean, uh, not John. John Cena's probably already in it, isn't he? He's in it already, I believe. I was literally trying to think of Michael Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of the opposite. <laughs> All you got to do is drive. That's the thing. Anybody should be able to do this, and yet they got to be Dominic Toretti's with the big muscles and shit. <laughs> Michael Sarah. Actually- it actually like works against them uh, because they get in, guys. We gotta go. We gotta get out of here, guys. It's a little crazy. It's like okay, well, but your backpack. Can you can you shut the door? Like it's a, <laughs> that was a little too hard. But it's my they, dad's uh, car. They uh they love to cast like the dudes that weigh like two hundred fifty pounds. That makes you slower. 
Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. you're adding an additional 100 pounds, you know, that your car is not going to go as fast. True. There you go. If Michael Sarah was in it, I would go see it. No, you Absolutely. wouldn't. Absolutely. I would totally I mean, go see it. it. He I just kill think it. he's so funny. I want to see him do anything. Yeah, like, I do how too. Is I see more. H- how's he not in like an HBO show? But like if I he don't had, know. if he was like a crime what boss. What if he showed up on like, Euphoria? God, that'd be perfect. As like a young teacher well, is selling he gonna drugs his, to the kids. Is he, he going to show his penis? Because then if he's not, then he's not going to be able to. He can't. Be then cast. he can't. Yeah. yeah. He can't I be hope he does. I hope he <laughs> yeah. does. What could be funnier than Michael Sarah? Probably Michael Sarah's penis. Let's be serious, dude. Uh, all right, well, we're going to be herky-jerky here. We're going to head right back to James Gunn, and that's because he's eyeing a second Suicide Squad spinoff after Peacemaker. Peacemaker is excellent. We'll talk more about it later. Um, is there anyone from the Suicide Squad that you would like to see an HBO spinoff show of? Um, yeah, I think there's some good characters. I, I, like, I think the ones we think of is like the shark and the, the what's the rat? The weasel? The weasel. weasel. They, can't oh my do, God. they can't do full. I mean, those are expensive shots. Every time those are on screen, it's like, nope, this is just for the movie, you know? If they just told me the weasel was going to be in it, I'd be excited. Yeah, I, I don't know. I wouldn't have really been that excited about John Cena's Peacemaker either. And then I'm fucking loving it. Yeah. So I guess I don't really care. And I'll just like trust him. But I thought the rat catcher girl, rat catcher two was really good, but all her powers involve big CG effects with rats, whereas John Cena's is, like, running around with shooting guns, which is, like, free. Um, yeah. And so like, that made and, sense. And his costume is just, like, eh, him in his underwear most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. They got to CG those underwear, though. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. So I, I, do you have a favorite? Do you have somebody that you had in mind? Rat catcher, for sure. She was yeah. the one who only – I mean, I, for one – I think that Marta Roby is like insanely beautiful. Like I think everyone else in the world thinks. I think she's like a really good actress. Like ever to think. I think she seems really cool. I don't really like Harley Quinn. Like mm-hmm. I think it must have been like every girl dressing up as Harley Quinn and like every guy, like every nerd guy, like having it be their like fantasy. Oh, it's yeah. for the simp. it's it's for the simps, dude. It's not for the girl power. It yeah. doesn't. It doesn't like. It, uh, I don't know. I kind of don't like. Accent is too much and all that. I think it's, it's all kind of stupid. I thought she was annoying on the TV show. Even like, I don't. I'm out. So I don't want okay. it to be her. I want it to be Idris Elba or Rat Catcher. Or yeah, that, uh, no, Idris would be great. Polka Dot Man. If you're gonna do a prequel, yeah, because he got full on smushed. But what? Yeah. Like, what does it matter? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you just. I want to. Well, I I think it matters a little bit. I I prefer stories that are like propelling especially in a universe that they're trying to build okay I, like I let's, get that. let's show me teases for future stuff and um you know what if prequels are what cool, if we but... what if we you borrowed eric's ability to suspend disbelief and james gunn came up with a way to revive oh. polka dot man if oh, you back I, I want that badly because yeah. he was awesome so yes i please, want that. to see less of that actor really yeah i don't like him Oh, that's too bad you say that because he's like had such a huge moment with that and just like his life is, I don't know. Don't you remember him in The Dark Knight? Yeah, of course. He was just okay in that too. All right, uh, <laughs> next up, guys, a new Mortal Kombat movie is coming. I'm going to guess it's coming to HBO Max. Maybe. I, maybe not. I think the only reason it came right to HBO Max was because they weren't doing theaters. So I'm guessing they're going to try for the it theaters. It seems like a straight to HBO Max kind of movie to me. It should be. I enjoyed it as maybe that. Maybe straight to USA theater. Network. I probably wouldn't watch it if it was dope. No, I'm going to have to wait for it to be free, but I will watch it when it's I'll free. I'll watch it when it's free. It was pretty cool. I Yeah, I, I also yeah. don't care. I don't care. Oh, really? You don't even care? I care a little bit. I mean, I'll watch it eventually. Although I care, 
I just need a tournament. I remember they were like, we need to set up a tournament. Yeah. And then there was like no tournament. <laughs> there was no tournament. <laughs> that was like the whole movie was like about setting up a tournament. And I don't well, even know. Mortal Kombat tournament. But it, yeah. Also, yeah. it also took an hour and 15 minutes for them to set, to like even voice the, the phrase, we need a tournament, you know, like yeah. there must be a tournament. Really, didn't really get it, but isn't, didn't they set up a new guy who was going to be in it? Yeah, they made a new guy. He was like a UFC fighter. And he He's got like some power guy. or something. I, yeah. Someone right now is like just yelling at their... No, because Kano... Yeah, his only power was that armor came over his body and then he fought and then it would go away. It's like, you could just buy armor, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, the movie was actually a lot worse than I thought it was going to be for all the hype. But I still care because I'll watch the next one. I think it was watchably terrible. Yeah, perfect. Okay, next up, guys. Spotify, not controversial at all, is going to add advisory to advisories to any podcast that discusses COVID-19. This is going to help nothing. Right. This is just to be like, yeah, we're obviously not going to kick off Joe Rogan. No, I don't, I'm not a Rogan fan, but I also don't think it's a good idea to like kick him off or deplatform oh, him. Just, I don't think so either, but like his fans are just too much. I know. Too much. They're always like, oh my God, uh, Joe Rogan used to make people drink horse semen and now he questions doctor and now everyone has a problem with him. Dude. I just don't want to wear a fucking mask for the next 10 years. Like, let's just if all be... If it was straight guys. goofball stuff, that's fine. But if you've listened to it, it's definitely parading as like, dude, this is high thought stuff. This is like cutting edge information you can only get here. Um, it's not like, yeah, we had this guy on. He's fucking wacky. He he can like <laughs> fart in a, and you know, on demand. It's hilarious. Like Howard Stern, you know, like, dude, it's... They're trying to be very serious. So yeah, they put the disclaimer on there, which I'm sure they're going to put on like, you know, if a serious like news one had Dr. Fauci on to talk about the state of the coronavirus and what policies are, they would probably put the same wording on it. So it defeats the purpose of information versus misinformation. But that's their their compromise to like save some face here. Whatever. You mean, you mean lying, lying Fauci? Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Lying Fauci. All right. Yeah, so the, Cher- the Cherokee Nation is going to give a million dollars, it sounds like, to anyone who is going to make a movie on their lands. Um, Ryan, you had more about this. This is pretty cool stuff. Well, I mean, that, that pretty much sums it up. The I think that with the sort of small flame of success they had with uh, Reservation Dogs, um, speaking from like just the Native American community as a whole, um, right. I think it, it seems like they, they realize that there is a market there. And if the right you know, director and project comes along, they, they'd be willing to uh, help fund it in that way. And so they've they've mm-hmm. announced like a million dollar incentive to entice more uh, film and TV productions to to shoot within the boundaries of the Cherokee Nation. Now, where where that is or what those shows might be, um, I have no idea, but I think it's a really cool uh, gesture. Um, I think it's a really cool thing. And based on like how funny like reservation dogs was, um, I want, I would like to see more. I thought it was, yeah. I thought it was really good. I think, I think this would think be that, a really yeah, good there's project. There's a lot of stories that are untapped, right. That we don't get, we don't see that. Um, reservation dogs was, you know, for, for how funny it was, it was also very poignant and told stories you should never hear about growing up on a reservation or, you know, being, you know, fully native or half native or whatever. And the, you know, the different issues they'd go through. So I think there's a there's demand and there's interest and it's good for everybody when you hear more types of diverse stories. So I'm all about it. Oh, yeah. So sorry. And, and as I scroll down a little bit further, um, in order to qualify, uh, most of it must take place within the boundaries of the Cherokee Nation in northeastern Oklahoma. 
which I don't think would be the worst thing. I mean, it's probably relatively inexpensive to to film there too. So um, I think this would be cool. I like, think that's where Reservation it. Dogs took place was Oklahoma. I don't know if it was, was it? Cherokee or not, but oh, yeah. Okay, interesting. Interesting. Cool. All right, uh, next up, a show, a big-time show is coming back for season two, a show we were all really excited about. That is Space Force. Mm, that has to be on the list of biggest disappointments ever. Like, you'll put that, put it right there with Legion. And what oh, else? I'm yeah, sure you guys could think of a couple more that we hyped. How about how about Manic or um, Maniac? Yeah. Well, this list of like shit that we hyped for a year, and then we're like, dude, it's Steve Carell. It's like all these like you know John Malkovich, and they're gonna like kind of do a big follow up to like Parks and Rec or The Office or these sort of you know workplace comedies. This thing can't fucking miss, and it was unwatchable. Wasn't funny. No likable characters. Didn't care about the storylines. Uh, the show looked great. It had a good budget for shooting, but um, yeah, total dud. And the new trailer looks bad too. It's gonna be awful. All right, and then finally, guys, the Halo trailer drop. I love Halo. I didn't watch the trailer. That's mm-hmm. the norm for me. But I will be watching the show, no matter if you think the trailer was good or bad. I can't wait. Um, Is Master Chief? Just the the original Mandalorian. Yes. Pretty much the same character, right? Fuck yeah. yeah very no, similar. Sure. Very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Like strong warrior, never takes off his mask. Perfect. Um, I thought this looked pretty good, actually. A lot of the comments like online were like, this looks so cheap. I'm like, well, it's a Paramount Plus TV show. It's probably eight hours long or seven hours long. It's not one hour, you know. Um, so I, I thought it actually looked pretty good considering what it is and what it's going to be. I'm excited for it. I don't think it's going to be great, but I hope it's really like entertaining and fun to watch. It's going to be Paramount Plus, and I think it's coming out like in a few months maybe? Or was it end of the year? I can't remember, but I don't know if it says on there. All I know is that everyone knows this, and this is not news to anyone, but it is an absolute fact that Halo has the greatest song from a video game of all time. Can you sing it for us? Yeah, I was hoping they do like the the singing, the angelic choir boy. That sounded like more of a Native American chant. No, I thought, yeah, that's. I thought he was going to do like the Gregorian like church chant. Like that's where I thought he was going. No, I know that's where I That's where I was referring to. I just don't think that's what we got. Oh, I don't know, man. The whole thing is sick. I love it. I can't wait. Mm. Nothing was more fun than when Halo came out and like it changed video games forever. You could play like these big multiplayer, huge open map games against each other. The story mode was awesome. The needler kind of bullshit. The sword was freaking sweet. The, you know, different factions of aliens, the flood. Dude, the, the pistol in the first game, I was lights out with that thing. That's all you needed was that pistol. Two Eric's, shots. Boom, Eric's, boom. Eric's talking multiplayer, but so what? Yeah. Um, and sorry to interrupt. Mm-hmm. the The official date is March twenty fourth. Oh, oh shit! Yeah, it's coming up. That's right around the corner. Yeah, I hope this is good. We need to temper our expectations, which they are tempered. Don't worry. I'm sure you guys are thinking the same thing. But hey, no, eh, why not have some hopes? Were you? I, a, were you? A, just, Eric, were you a three, Were you a three round burst guy? What does a three round burst mean? When playing what? multiplayer. Like, yeah. Because there was the battle rifle, and then there was, like, the assault rifle. And the assault mm-hmm. rifle was fully auto, and the battle rifle was a three-shot burst. And I was killer with that thing, too. That thing to be honest with you, I don't even remember what weapon I used, but my roommate in college was, like, a professional Halo player. And we played a lot of Halo. 
And I just remember playing with the sword for whatever reason. Like, I just remember jumping around with the sword and then, like, having another gun. And, like, the game was so fun. So you weren't very good, basically, is what you're saying. (laughs) I think I was probably pretty good. I think I probably played too much. I think I was, like, playing too much Halo and not enough. I was definitely trash with the sword. I know that. Every time I thought I was about to sneak up on somebody and kill them, (laughs) they'd turn around and blast me while I'm still eight feet away. If this show sucks but is fun and entertaining, I'm going to be happy. It's a win-win. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a win-win. There's nothing, unless it's just absolutely the worst show ever made. It's been in literal fucking production hell for 12 years. Really? So, oh, my God. Yes. yes. It was going to be a movie. It was going to be a Microsoft production. It was going to be this, 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 and this. And here it is. We're getting it. It's crazy. It was going to be like a Windows phone exclusive. You know, like, oh my like God. six they've years. Tried like, to, just insane. They've been trying to make this thing for so long. They've made fucking 18 Resident Evil spinoffs. No Halo. All right. Um... What's Let's up? move on to Hot Rex and Not Rex. I'm excited about Halo. We all seem to care. All right, so first up, um, we're going to start with some of the big shows that have been going on. Um, Euphoria. You guys think it's the title belt holder. Sell everyone who's not watching Euphoria on why it's must-watch. Um, yeah, I mean, it's HBO's premiere show right now, which generally is a clue that it's something you should be paying attention to. We all know that Zendaya is a fucking superstar, so everybody should be watching everything she does, and she's great on it. It deals with very intense and real-life issues with kids and adults. Uh, It's kind of like a more real, gritty, well-done, well-acted, well-written version of the OC, if you guys remember that. Uh, That's kind of what I can kind of compare it to as far as, like, storylines where the kids have the storylines, their parents have storylines that mix in a little bit here and there. Um, It's... It's just really good. And all the direction is so interesting, too. Like, the way they go back and forth with with the timelines. And it's very, like, visually interesting. And the music is incredible. Um, It's just, like, a very top-notch show. And you just get, like, sucked in. And whatever storyline they're telling you, you will be captivated by it. So... I don't know what else to say. I just think everybody should probably be watching it. It's not- it can be hard to watch. I mean, there's kind of like, you know, intense. There's a lot of intense sex, a lot of intense violence, a lot of intense drug use. Um, but that's out there in the real world, too. So I don't know. I think they're honest with it. Yeah, it's not. And it's not like in a in a train wreck sense. But a lot of the time, it's hard to look away, like even in some of those yeah. difficult moments. Um, and that includes season one and season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, Jimbo hit the nail on the head. With a lot of that stuff, the show is just incredibly well done. Like just just from a thirty thousand foot view, you know, you have tons of shows to watch, right? I mean, and there's a hundred streaming services, and then you stumble upon something like Euphoria, and you realize, wow, these people are doing it exactly the right way in ninety eight percent of the show. Like, there's very few flaws, um, if any including season two, too many penises, but like, that's like a, a minor, it's a minor gripe, but like the, sh- the show overall is like a 99 out of a hundred. Like it's just, it's yeah. absolutely nearly flawless in most of its production story character, like character arcs um, mm-hmm. from season one to season two, they eliminated like some of the dead weight. And focused on the characters that were like really. Important. I think it's gotten better. I'm enjoying yeah. it more than like I'm enjoying the middle of season two more than I did the middle of season one so far. Completely so. agree. It's only getting better. It, it is only ramping up, and and the show is just again like where where they're going and what they're doing is not really important um, as like what is happening to the characters themselves, and that's mm-hmm. important, and it's fantastically. Yeah. All right, and then a show that we are all enjoying. 
on HBO Max is Peace. This is with John Cena, one of the new action stars. Yeah, Peacekeeper, uh, Peacemaker, same thing. I'm sorry, Peacemaker, I'm sorry. Um, Peacemaker. This show is must-watch. I think this is a super hot wreck. It is hilarious um, with all the right amounts of action. John Cena has added quite a bit of depth to this character who was completely without um, for all of his other appearances. Um, what do you guys think? Is this is this a contender for the belt, or is it just something that you wreck uh, extremely high? I think if we had a category for, like, surprise show of the year, I think Peacemaker yeah. would be at the top of the list. I don't I don't know if there's going to be anything else that will be able to top it for the remainder of the year. Yeah. Because, like, I think we thought that the trailer was, like, kind of funny. I think we thought John Cena was, like, pretty good in The Suicide Squad, and, you know, he can hold his own. But then, like, you know, he's doing most of the heavy lifting on this show, and it's fantastic. He's really good. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, he's fantastic, a ton of charisma, and he's in a lot of the scenes. I mean, it's really his show. And now I care about the relationship with his dad, and I care about this, like, young vigilante superhero and um, this, like, you know, the daughter of – is it Octavia Spencer? No. Um, I can't remember. Well, e- either way, like, that director, that powerful director woman – her kid is in it. Like, not only is it really funny and fun and entertaining, I actually want to know what's going to happen and what's happening with, you know, this sort of mysterious attack on on Earth or whatever. I, we don't even know anything yet. It's only been a few episodes, but I, I care about the story and it's just fun. So it's great. Just a ton of fun to watch. Love it. Everyone should be watching that. Uh, also, guys, we're all watching Disney Plus's Book of Boba. And uh, where we're at right now through five episodes, um, this is going to be a little tiny bit spoilery. If you haven't watched it, maybe like tune out for like 90 seconds. Um, but we're all hating the show so far. But episode <laughs> five came around and it was one of my favorite episodes of television that I've watched in quite some time. And that was because it really wasn't episode five of Book of Boba Fett. It was episode one, season three. Of the Mandalorian. Yeah. 2.5, whatever you want to call it. Din Djarin shows up and takes yep. an entire episode in serious storytelling, um, action, fun, humor, you know, humor, a little bit of everything. I just thought yep. it was like so beautifully done and it properly moved the story forward of like a, a Grogu list or Baby Yoda list, mm-hmm. um, Din Djarin or Mando, whatever you guys want to call him for whatever level of fan you are. Yeah. I uh, I didn't miss Baby Yoda in it. I was just captivated the whole time. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything looked better. The dialogue was better. The characters looked like more realistic. Um, And it's so funny how glaring it is between this episode, which was done by the entire team that does Mando, and the other and the show that's been directed by Robert Rodriguez, and apparently also written by John Favreau. Although it seems impossible that he's writing the dialogue from the first three episodes of Boba. And then this episode with it's essentially Mandalorian, it seemed night and day different. Like this was actually funny and quick and it, I don't know, just very surprising. But I like all the like, I love the stuff about the, the dark saber and how I actually looked it up. Cause I'm like, why was it hard to fight with? That was so interesting, right? That it's like getting heavier and it's not just easy to use. Um, I looked it up and it's like, it uses the, like your intuition with the force and all your energy to like power it. So if you're really good with it, it actually gets like super power fucking incredible to use. And if you don't really know what you're doing with it, it's not a very great weapon to use. So it's like, I thought all that was awesome. Um, you know, and then at the very end, they tie it back in with Fennec shows up and she's like, Hey, come help Boba. And then I'm like, 
oh yeah, next week I got to go back to real life. When I was like summer vacation and I got to go back to school, dude. Yeah, I think um, another thing to add is, you know, you touched on it without saying it specifically, but like Bryce Dallas Howard directing versus Robert Rodriguez is like uh, David Nutter on Game of Thrones versus Miguel Sapochnik. Like you knew by the time, you know, season six rolled around, like which episode was like going to be kind of a sleeper versus like I got to pay attention for the full, you know, full hour. So um, Mm -hmm. like you said, everything was at a nine and a half throughout the entirety of the episode. um, And they gave zero screen time to the title character. I think that's, (laughs) that's all you need to say about the show. Yeah, that's it. Yep, exactly. I mean, it was great because we got something we liked, so I'm not complaining about it, but it does make the rest of the show look like a joke. Um, It makes me think that uh, Dinjarin is eventually going to be like a force user Maybe he has to go off and learn with some notable Jedi and Grogu at some point. Like a kind of fun. Yeah, so it could be fun. I I just think that the Mandalorian is like top notch and Book of Boba is pretty shitty. Well, maybe, and maybe that's the entire point of this is they needed a conduit to do what you just said, Eric. And this was the only reasonable way to do it. I'm not sure. Maybe there are other ways, but maybe this was the way that they had mapped out and... They're like, whatever, we can make a cool thing to show people that Boba Fett isn't actually as cool as you think that he is. So they can like tamp down that like <laughs> fandom, you know, enthusiasm over a character that's on screen for, you know, 10 minutes in the original trilogy. They can kill him as a character and then boost up Mando, you know, in the new stuff. So maybe that's the, maybe that was the plan, but they I don't know. I'd like to think they're playing 4D chess like that, but. With the rest of what we've gotten from Star Wars, uh, it's been hit or miss. Fair, so fair enough. I don't know. Fair enough. Okay, Ryan, on HBO Max, you watched The Fallout. Does anybody on the... Do you guys know what this is about? No. I do, a little bit. Just in that, like, they kind of put up a warning almost, like, dude, this is, you know, about school shootings and shit. Yeah, so this is uh, this is about a... I think it's a... I, I would assume it's a fake school shooting, but, like, I mean, probably very similar to all the ones that happen. Um, there's a couple characters that are caught in the bathroom, um, when it starts and, you know, they're, they're, uh, an unlikely friendship, right? One of the gals is like a big, like TikTok star or like Instagram model or something like that. You know, and the other one is like a Hispanic gal from like the rough side of the street. Um, and they kind of, you know, come together to be friends. Um, it's a really cool, interesting story about the aftermath of that. Hence the fallout. Um, and how it never really goes away. So, um, Mm. it's a really, it's not that long. I want to say it's like an hour and 40 minutes. It's not, it's not, it's, it's definitely like indie film. Um, but it doesn't have an indie film ending. It has like a real ending. So, um, I, this is a, this is a recommendation to anybody who doesn't have kids in like high school or teaches high school. So Eric, not necessarily for you. So, uh, but it, it is a really good and like powerful film. And I don't see how anybody could watch that and not feel something about, you know, the current state of uh, politics in America, mm-hmm. um, especially with, you know, the guns and my Second Amendment rights and and thinking about that. So um, mm-hmm. it's a bit of a downer, but also like very uplifting. So it's a it's a wreck for Interesting. me. OK. All right, uh, guys, every once in a while I have to watch like a crappy reality TV show because that is definitely my job on here. Every, so, every once, yeah. Wait, wait, every once in a while. So like once a quarter. <laughs> I mean, when was the last time I watched one? It's been a while. At this the challenge point. was like I mean, three weeks ago. Of, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I watch the challenge when it's on, but 
Um, <laughs> I actually went out and watched like a new season or something. All and right. It was uh, season three of Netflix's Too Hot to Handle. Okay. Oh, wow. Did so you watch season one and two? I don't think I watched season two. I definitely watched okay. season one, but I don't, I think I missed season two. Whatever. It was on every thing, you know, like, oh, watch the new season of this. So for whatever reason, I said, you know what? Okay, I will. And so I put it on. And I don't know if you guys know the premise of this show, but it's like they find really good looking, just like loser people who are just like all looking for hookups and parties. And all they want to do is hook up with everybody. And they just find like the douchiest people from all over the world. They sound awesome. And they go they don't sound play. like losers, Eric. What are you talking about? <laughs> ah, they're a little much. And then they go to a, a, what they believe to be a reality show that's like Paradise Island or something. And it might actually be a real reality show. But like, you know, like some place where it was just like hooking up and partying and like sexy people. And that was the whole show. But when they get there, they realize quickly that they're on a show a dating show where they're not allowed to um, have physical contact or kiss or hook up with anybody there. And then they have to like take, take these classes and learn these lessons and then like try to find love like the right way. And then if they do anything, they lose prize money for the entire group. So they had like $200,000. And if you kiss someone, the whole group loses $3,000. And if you do more than that, you lose more. And like they have to wager it and bet it. It sounds like the worst show, and it might be the worst show, but, like, kind of heartwarming at the same time. I think as far as <laughs> shitty, terrible reality TV, this is better than most, okay? Oh. So I'm going to give this, a, um, a, like, a, I feel ashamed. A flaming too hot wreck. Like a, like a, like a ashamed hot wreck. Okay. Like, you probably shouldn't watch this dirt, but if you, if you like stuff like this, you could do work. Well, what, all right, run us through some of the highlights of your, um, <laughs> like, uh, reality TV watching career. Like, what was the one with the, where you, like, you didn't know who the other person was on the other side of the, of, love, is blind. love is blind. Love is blind. Oh yeah, my God. I watched this a little bit of that one. How about the, the one I really hated was the one where they're like, just trying to get social media clout. That one is so boring to me. You watched all of that one. Don't remember it. You have to give me more info than that. Yes, you did. Like they oh, the they circle, have to circle, create, the they're like catfishing yeah. each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The circle. It was pretty bad, to be honest yeah. with you. I tried to watch season two of the circle and I was like, guys, this show's just um <laughs> I like I like these trash reality shows because they're just such an easy, like um I think I, I I'm not watching as many. Yeah. Well, I think I'm not watching as many because I worked from home during COVID. So like I had to be like constantly looking through things and posting things and grading things and like i like to have something on in the background and like terrible reality tv that i don't really have to pay attention to is yeah. something that i won't distract myself with i think and so yeah there you go too hot to handle season three it's an ashamed wreck okay all right so finally, it's an eric wreck perfect beanie mania from hbo max jim you watched it Tell this is my it. shameful wreck because <laughs> i do not know what fucking compelled me to turn this on Maybe it was the fact that my own mother collected Beanie Babies, and it definitely became more about her than my my younger sister. Um, you know, over the course of like two years, it was like my mom was driving out to get stuff by on her own. Like that's that's when you know that it's not any about the kids anymore. So yeah, this Beanie Mania. You guys remember Beanie Babies from back in the Absolutely. day? They had oh, yeah. Flopsy and they had fucking you know Gator, the the alligator, the the whole deal, millions of them, whatever. Took over the whole fucking world for a while. Um, this is like the story of that. So it follows, you know, five women that were like big, big in the game. These were like buyer resellers, collectors, you know, magazine publishers of this, like on the news talking about Beanie Babies and like sort of what it was like for them, what happened to their lives 
you know, during, before, during, after, um, it follows, you know, the mysterious, you know, the, all, all the tags say Ty. Well, Ty was a real guy, like Ty, Ty Campbell or something. And they never interviewed him because he's like a fucking weird recluse, like billionaire guy who like almost went to prison. Um, it just follows all that. I thought it was really interesting. And it was a ton of like great nostalgia, obviously. Uh, it's, you know, it's a tight 90, fun nostalgia, family friendly. If you're, you know, your kids are in the room, you can still keep it on. There's no swearing as far as I could tell. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. It's definitely a wreck, but it's like the fluffiest of all documentaries you could watch. How, literally. How did Marge's interviews turn out? <laughs> they really made her seem like a complete psycho so what was the ratio of people they interviewed of like uh i went completely bankrupt versus like people that were like i got out at the right time like or was it just like yeah. just all a disaster well they, they interviewed the people that are like damn near in the trailer park and they lost a lot of money sure um and i th- but then they interviewed like a few of the women were already just rich like their husbands were rich oh and i think they lost a lot of their husband's money they were like homemakers but in the end it like didn't didn't wipe them out or sure anything. and a few of them and a few of them that like ran those magazines and stuff were like they like oh i made a lot of money during it and one of them was like dude i stopped collecting and i just started like authenticating and people would send me uh, beanie babies from all over the world and i'd for 20 bucks i'd authenticate it make sure it's real Send it back to him with a certificate, and I. She still does that to this day. She's still doing it. I and mean, she's still what, making a, money what a racket! Oh my god, the whole thing was a racket. The whole thing was crazy. And then, like, if you guys remember, like, uh, when you know Y two K was coming up, Beanie Babies were like tapering down, and the shit was like going to be over. And then Ty announced, "We're not making any more Beanie Babies." So then, all these women and all these people went out and bought like every fucking Beanie Baby they could, just bought as many as they could. And then, like, right after Y2K happened, they put up, like, a poll, like, who wants to have Beanie Babies back? (laughs) (laughs) They brought them all back. And then these ladies were like, that's when I knew it wasn't for me anymore. (laughs) I love that. It was was good, man. It was shit like that that just made me laugh. And it's a pretty good... Just tell me this one thing. Did they talk about McDonald's? Oh, yes, of course, yeah. Because that was the most nuts part to me. They were, like, people waiting around all day to like yeah. go through the drive through 38 times to get 38 little shitty tiny they had people on like cameras at the time like people like dump throwing all the food out and then just like pocketing these and throwing them in a bag and going to another McDonald's and buying another 20 happy meals and yeah that was crazy like McDonald's like more than doubled their sales of happy meals during that that whole time they did it and it's funny like when you look back like you'll remember some of these toys you know like even if like maybe you you didn't have beanie babies in the house but from McDonald's, like the little blue and black lizard, I'm like, oh my fucking god, I had that guy, you know. Little shit like that just got me. Good stuff, guys. Good well, we talked. Right. We talked about that oh. a lot more than I thought we were, and I'm glad we did. Yeah, I mean, it was it was interesting. Well, it was interesting. <laughs> See, now no one actually has to watch it because I just gave yeah. it all the highlights. Yeah. So perfect. All right. Well, here we go. All right, guys, we are back. For lo- live long and rewatch our Star Trek rewatch, and uh, guys, how do you want to do this episode? What one should we talk about? Well, we got to talk about the one that we haven't talked about yet, Into Darkness. Okay, Into Darkness. Talk about two because yeah, we did this already, um, but we can do it again. No one, no one heard it because the episode never saw the light of day. It, it literally went into darkness as well. So let's go. All right, so Into Darkness. We're not going to go through it every part of it, but we're going to talk about why this was a great movie. It starts out with kind of like the goal 
of um, what Star Trek and the Federation is about. It's about preserving, um, you know, life in the stages that it's in and mm-hmm. helping people develop in the proper timeline. And in this, there was a volcano that was about to blow up this like primitive society and Spock had this idea to stop the volcano from killing everyone. So he goes to do that. But in the process, he's going to die. Um, you know, Jim can't let this happen. So he decides they're going to pull the ship out of the water in front of all these people. And they're going to go save him in the volcano. Um, you know, thus changing the development of these early people. And so I did find that pretty interesting. And I liked the, the dilemma. That was a hell of a great action scene too i mean them running through that bright red forest um all that shit was really fun it was really cool it looked amazing so pretty much what you get is like um this whole story about how they're going to demote him and i I think that's kind of like a tired storyline to me i think that's like what i think every time they're like oh the person broke the rules and now your star character is gonna get in trouble but then they're gonna be thrown back into the action because they need to be, you know. Like, yeah, I, I kind of don't like that story. So that's been done little... so many times. It's like how you complain about when everybody hates Spider Man again, you know? Like, dude, yeah. it's just it's just not as fun to watch as you know. But anyway, so in this, that's happening, and then there's this huge attack on like a Federation city, and then this character. You know, we end up finding out he's um, Benedict Cumberbatch. He does this huge attack and kills most of the important people in the Federation Star Trek program, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, a bunch of them. Another tired cliche. Oh, there's the 30 yeah. most important people in the same room. Let's kill yeah. them. Yeah. So yeah. anyways, they want revenge and they send the, the Star, what is it? The Starship Enterprise? Is that what it's called? Sounds right. You just say, they you send just say the Enterprise. Enterprise. Yeah. Out into the into the beyond to go track this guy down, this traitor, supposedly. And mm. you get some interesting battles between Klingons and themselves. And this traitor is the one who ends up saving them, which I thought was interesting. Benedict Cumberbatch does an incredible job in this movie. Eventually, you find out that he is... What the hell's his name again? Khan. Khan! 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 You find out that he's Khan... I thought that he was the best part of this movie. Yeah, he I, was. I, I mean, rewatching it now, I thought he was a little silly over top with his accent was a little goofy. Um, his kind of like self-seriousness, but he was captivating to watch. Like, couldn't take your eyes off him. Very interesting. Um, I thought like a little bit weird that he, you know, turned out to be like some kind of sleeping super weapon, I guess. That, like, they awoke him and he instantly, like, knew everything, could design better spaceships than everybody, even though he'd been sleeping for hundreds of years. Whatever. He's, you know, that much better. Um, I thought it was cool, man. I thought it would, it all worked. And he was great. He, and it was cool to see him, like, tough and strong and beating people up. You don't, you know, he did that a little bit in Sherlock, but that's not really his bag, baby. No. And uh, you get some old Spock talking about how he doesn't want to affect them, but that this guy is so dangerous, Khan is so dangerous, that he needs to warn them about mm-hmm. how untrustworthy and how smart and how much they lost in, in defeating him in his time time frame. So um, I thought that was cool. I think every way that they, what's his name, Leonard Nimoy, every way they brought him into these movies was yep. really well done, I thought. Um, yeah, they used it like sparingly, but it was cool. Yeah, I just really thought this was good. Um, the final scenes where... Um, they're chasing him down and they have the big dilemma. He thinks he's outsmarted everyone and he kind of has. 
Um, but as always, the bravery of Captain Kirk, um, who I think is also great to be. So I think it's a perfect role for Chris Pine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I think this was this was probably my favorite of these movies thus far. Yeah, yeah, I think I liked it a little bit better than the first one. Both are, are pretty good, though. But it was just nice to see them already well established. And that's why, like, they start right in on one of their, like, Enterprise adventures, which I appreciated. But shortly after, like you said, the rug is pulled out, and now he doesn't have a ship again. And he has to build up a crew again. And you're like, kind of did this already. Let's just go. Um, But it was good. And, like, you know, you got this awesome supporting cast with Simon Pegg and Carl Urban and just, you know, Zoe Saldana on and on. Great cast. It's good shit, dude. Entertaining movie. And then they forced Alice Eve on us into some sort of convoluted uh, plot point. Yeah. That was kind of crazy. I think that was also, when we talked about this last week, or maybe it was even the week before, what happened with JJ, the two kind of things that hit him on this was one, that he like marketed the movie super weird and like tried to lie to everybody about Benedict Cumberbatch's role and all that shit. That just was goofy and nobody liked it. And then he actually got in like some hot water for randomly showing Alice Eve in her underwear in that scene. That was like actually... it seems a little out of place in modern movies, but this movie is pretty old and they would just find ways to put female characters in underwear. I don't know. Or male characters, you know? Um, and I guess he got in some hot water for that, especially the way like Jim Kirk kind of like is told not to look and then he turns around and looks anyways or whatever. Oh, it was, it was sleazy. very sleazy. A little uncomfortable and it de- definitely felt a little weird. Like, oh, she's got to yeah, change into a spaceship, spacesuit. Better do that right now in her underwear with her hot bod, you know? Um, so he kind of took some hot water for that, felt out of place. Well, because like, and I think that's, he just that's all a couple you, things added up, and he just stepped away. That's all you'd have underneath your spacesuit, right? Just your bra and panties, <laughs> right? Got the matching set. She knew so, she'd be on so camera. Bizarre, yeah, yeah. So a couple weird things about it, but overall, I thought it was a you know really entertaining movie. And, and um, ironically, I think that with the neckbeards and the the simps, I think the the biggest hot water he got in was lying about Benedict Cumberbatch not being con, like. You know, leading up to it, he was constantly asked, like, oh, is is, is he going to be con? And he's like, no, 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 no. We've got, you know, we've got other ideas for him, et cetera. And then that turned out to be a big fat lie. And there was no coming back from that. Nobody would have yeah. nobody would have gone to see another movie with him at the helm. Right. They had to give him Star Wars, the real, the real franchise. All right, guys. So we will be moving on next to Star Trek Beyond. So check it out. Where can they watch it? Hulu? I think it's on Hulu. No, it's all on Paramount. It's your, it's your network, Eric. It's Paramount Plus, dude. Yeah. Also yeah. Oh, it must, one is it, might, it might be. Yeah. I think it's on both, to be honest with oh, you. Oh, is it? It's okay. on Paramount, but I'm, I kind of think it's on both of them. But I don't know. Check it out. If you can watch it with us, do it. Um, these movies have been really fun. They've been pretty underrated, and I've had a good time so far. They look amazing. This trilogy, they do. They look really, really, really. All right, guys. We're going to end it with bringing back a segment we haven't done in some time, and that is Hang It or Bang It. Let's go. All right, things that bang are things to hang. All right, let's start with uh, bang it. Okay. I'm going to go first. I'm going to go with hot tubs. Oh, what a, a hot fucking tub. thing. I know people think hot tubs are disgusting. I don't. I just assume that the hot water kills all the germs. And I don't <laughs> imagine that anybody else has ever been in there. I think I'm the first person in every hot tub. I think that they are great. They are super relaxing. I kind of feel like sometimes it's bad for me when I'm in there for too long probably it is can be feels great love a good hot tub if i went anywhere and they had a hot tub i'd be pretty pumped yeah dude it's like um it's a good like social thing too like you can just kind of hang out in there instead of sitting around inside you know yeah and they're full for their year round like you've ever been in a hot tub with the snow coming down oh that's, that's a dream 
it's just great. Yeah, like your beard is kind of snowy or your hair is kind of snowy, but you're still toasty. It's great. Dude, I want to get a hot tub and I would. It's all set up in the backyard, but they're like, I don't know where to start because like new ones are like 12 grand now. And like, I'm not trying to finance a fucking hot tub. Like, I'm just going to buy JJ, it. What did JJ from, from, uh, Outer Banks, dude, how much money did that kid have? Like, goodness gracious. I know he had like a nice one with the LED lights and the sound system yeah, and everything. That's crazy. Like, that's the 12 grand ones. All right, so I there mean, you go. I'm Jim, going. Jimbo, if you're not going to, if, if you're not going to, if you're not willing to, to pop 12 grand on a hot tub, you don't belong in Blaine. Okay. Like, that's not, this, <laughs> it's really not the neighborhood for you, I don't think. That's it. If anybody's listening, sells hot tubs and can give me a deal like this, reach out. <laughs> All right, I'm going to do one uh, that I think is important in, a, in any house that can fit one, and that's like a designated a beer tub. fridge. <laughs> oh, God, I would stand that, too. That's a beautiful one. But get a beer fridge. Find a way. Like, you know, you get a new fridge. Don't go. Don't have Centerpoint come and recycle that old fridge or whatever. I guess it would be Excel. You go ahead and put that in the, the garage, in the mm-hmm. basement, storage room, wherever you can. It doesn't even have to be a full size. It can be a half, whatever you need, but have that designated beverage spot. It's a game changer. Um, it sucks to like have to move the milk out of the way to get a beer. Should not be milk and beer in the same fridge, in my opinion. If you can, it doesn't. And, and plus, they don't have to be pretty, man. They can be the ugliest fucking banged up fridge. You put stickers on it. It gets the job done. I think it's important for every house, and I I will bang it. I love that. I'm gonna go with something a little more practical, Eric. This might not mean much to you, but maybe Jibbo, this would mean a lot to you. And that is the window lock feature on your car we have little kids mm. and they start to fuck with the windows in the summertime or worse the winter time <laughs> the like, winter time or like, the rain you know what i'm gonna roll that bitch up and now you've lost your window privileges dad owns the car and they can't yep. there's nothing they can do they can kick it they can scream dad i want to turn the window down tough shit you lost your privilege. You lost your pri- Yep. You put yep. it down and now the power is all back in my hands and it's just it's it's a as silly as it is, it's a reminder to the kids that they can't do it. They're power. <laughs> they're powerless against the adults, and they need those reminders. And it's a, yeah, it's a, they're getting too uppity. These kids. It's such a simple feature, but then I can roll my window down, and they can't do shit. It's great. It's fantastic. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, you can roll all the windows down. Just roll it down a little bit, and then pop it back up. Be like, what? Be like, oh, what? Oh, what? Oh, dad can do it. You can't. What's up? I do like that. Although if you have it unlocked and they roll it halfway down and then they hold it down and you're going up with it and now you're locked in a fucking battle. No, that's when you pull over that and beat that mean. ass. No, yeah, I'm, yeah. Then I'm, you just, I'm yeah, kidding. Then you I don't, I'm not condoning that. <laughs> but eventually, no. but see, eventually they can't reach it and their arms will get tired and they'll, they'll give up. So then, then you can roll it back up. Yeah. You can outlast them. All right, guys. Now we go to hang it. I'm going to start. The thing that bothers me the most is anything about millionaire and billionaire minds. Oh, yeah, yeah. All of this. Millionaire minds. This per- I wake up every day and I wake up at 5 a.m. and I instantly trade stocks and then I drive a fast car and I live in a mansion. And then all these fucking losers repost the shit and are like, millionaire mindset. If you want to be rich and happy, you have to live just like this guy. Fuck <laughs> all that stuff. I hate every video like that. I yes. hate every video that we pretend is inspirational and it's like a stock trader. Yeah. I take a helicopter every day to work. And then people all post it on social media, like millionaire mindset. If you really a fucking want to be a millionaire, you should ride a helicopter. It's like, yeah. Five habits you can get into when you get it up in the, in the morning, 
Don't look at your phone right away. Don't look at your phone for one hour. That's the only chance you can get to reset your frame of reference and mind to be more powerful. Like, dude, you are so full of shit. You're a fucking... If you were really a millionaire, would you be spending your time making fucking Instagram reels, dude? No, no, pathetic. But no. The irony no. is that you're only made, you're yeah, you're living off the two grand you get a, a week from like you know maybe maybe that much from your like Instagram. But the irony is, Jim, is usually it's like they're posting that in the morning when they're like you're not supposed to look at your phone for the first hour, and it's like, dude, you're still in your pajamas. You're looking at your yeah. phone in the first hour. You're, you're full of garbage. It. Yeah. Dude, that's a perfect one. I I, I can't say that shit too. Mindset stuff. It's so stupid. No, like here's the, here's a good stat for you guys. I heard this the other day. Um, over forty percent of people who get into Harvard were are either legacy uh, people getting in, are people whose parents are major donors, or are athletes. Pretty much like millionaire mindset. Half most of millionaire mindset is being born to millionaire parents. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Way more than yeah. That's that's eighty percent of it. Ninety percent of it. I'm not but saying that's this fucking who... luck, dude. Like everybody works hard. Dude, it's I know luck. that we have tons of millionaires that listen to our show, but yeah. literally, I know that there are self-made. Members. I fully get it. I know there are people with great work ethics and great ideas who have grinded and made it huge in the world. And bravo mm-hmm. to them. But I do not need to see every time I look at my phone some fucking losers posting videos about like, oh, if you just think better and you think like a millionaire and you dress like a millionaire you'll be mm-hmm. one one day fuck you yeah that's that's shit from Dang. the 70s and then the other thing was i wanted to bring up regarding that you guys remember i'm pretty sure we talked about it on the podcast maybe a year ago two years ago i have no idea but it was the gal who wrote an article for the new york post of like how i lived in new york city on twenty five hundred dollars a month and then it was yeah. like so I just want to be upfront about this. My parents pay my student loans, my car, my cell phone, and, you know, these other things. And she's like, so all I really had to pay for was- I'm subletting from my parents' condo (laughs) and taking care of it for them. And I work work hard on it. I keep it updated for them. Yeah, yeah. And she barely could survive on that, like just buying like food and like, you know, uh, entertainment expenses. Yeah. So anyway, Eric? Totally agree. Totally toxic bullshit that's a good one ryan what do you got what do you got to hang up oh man i'm feeling positive so i don't have a lot I of thought, stuff I right thought now you were gonna go first honestly i can go i can go but it's kind of boring i just like i'm kind of annoyed with like gimmicky and flavored vodkas everywhere like the arby's one i i like i love this dude okay so our remember arby's actually teamed up with um i think it was tattersall didn't they to make like that is correct a curly fry flavored vodka and a crinkle cut flavored vodka. Okay. And which is cool. Like whatever. And then they sold them throughout the nation. Dude, some influencers that I saw today got their flavored vodkas finally in this big box with all these like gear and mix-ins to make this special drink. And they followed the recipe and they were like, yeah, we're really excited to try it. And they tried it like, this is fucking horrible. <laughs> They're like this drink is so fucking bad. And they like spit it out and the whole thing. And, you know, just in general, like, they're all pretty much gross. I don't know. That's that's all I can uh, I can expound on it. I just, I'm not into these flavored vodkas. And the sillier, the, the worst, yeah. usually. Expounding. I, I love it. Um, Expo- yeah, yeah. It's a mix of expunging and expounding, I guess. I, I don't know. Or maybe even expanding. I don't know where it came from. I love it. It's a new word. Call mm-hmm. Oxford. <laughs> um, for me, it's like this subscription service. Like, this shit is out of control with like you can have subscription services for 
toothbrushes for health supplements. Obviously, there's HelloFresh and meal delivery services. Um, mm-hmm. shoe polish, shaving kits, like everything is a soap for your shower. Like everything yep. is a subscription now and it's gone way too far. It's gone. Oh, Ryan, we're doing, we're, you're doing a hang it, not bang it. Yeah. I'm saying <laughs> hang. Subscribe to everything. Yeah, hang. <laughs> you like, love it. There's too much. Eric's like, oh dude, that's right. I got to follow up on my toothbrush replenishment from Quip. Yeah. <laughs> They're sending me three times more toothbrushes I need and I keep forgetting to cancel. I have 17 toothbrushes that's right now. That's the problem. And they, they make it so that it's easy to subscribe and impossible to cancel. And that shit's annoying. Like if I sh- if you can subscribe in the app, you should be able to cancel in the app. And I wish yes. I wish that something would be done about that, but it's not going to be like because it's always got to be like, well, if you want to, you know, unsubscribe from this, call China at area code two two yeah. state code, you know, whatever. And then you call and they're like, oh, uh, let sorry, you're breaking up, and then they like hang up on you, you know, like that. Yeah, that type just of- only oh, oh oh, the finest print is Tuesday at three a.m. Right. to three fifteen a.m. is your window to cancel. Um, yeah, we reprocess at that time, you see. So that's when we need to have that cancellation. And I, I realize yeah, I, I I'm, stuck, I'm stuck in a certain algorithm, you know? Like I'm, I'm in an algorithm that, that is giving me all of these things to subscribe to because I've done it before. Um, yeah. But I wish I was out of it. I wish there was a way to like purge my expectations and like just give me a new set of advertisements. Like give me some new stuff. Like give me maybe some new like Australian boots. I saw that one the other day. Like give me something, something different. <laughs> like I don't want, I don't want athletic greens Dr. Squatch, uh, Harry's, Dollar Shave Club. Yeah. Like, get me out of this stuff. Like, I know I shaved my Damn. head, but get me out of it, man. I want a different algorithm. Anyway. Hey, we just signed up for Chewy, and we're getting the subscription dog food. Oh, you so guys are done. I, I you guys it, are bro. done. You're going to be in, you're going to get every subscription thing known to man now. Oh, shit. You want 60, right, hey, guys, 60% right. off your first box? Sign up. <laughs> That's all they get you. All right, guys, that's it. That's all the time we have on this episode of the Nordies Podcast. Uh, we'll be back with our sports cast talking about the future of the Vikings, the red hot wolves, and wild. Lots of good stuff. So tune in for that. Until then, thanks for hanging out with your good friend, the Nordies Podcast.